0: Man, look, it's freaking March seventh. When did this happen?
1: Hey, look, please get this get this year over with as fast as possible, too. Thank God.
0: No, nah, look, I can't wait to the summertime. Look, man, I, I I had a I had a, I had a uh, chat with somebody, and I'm seriously to the point where I'm going to test these antibodies out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I, I'm really I I really need to go somewhere. Like my brain is on. Are you are you reaching your breaking point? Yeah, man, I'm on scrambled eggs right now. But I, I, I understand but enough, enough of me, Kaiser. How are you doing today, brother?
2: Um, Tar Heels won last night, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, I'm good. Wrapping the colors today. Uh, yeah. Duke. That's That's. I, I haven't really been following college basketball as much as I normally do, and, but uh, you know, you always follow UNC and Duke and. Duke man, how do you be this terrible uh, after being so good for so long? It's crazy. Hey, can we? Um, can I, I, I make an,
1: a, actually? Can I make an amendment to the show? Can we just talk about how terrible
0: Duke is? On show? that'll be fun. <laughs> well, I don't watch college basketball. That'd be a conversation for you guys, Jamal. <laughs> how are you doing, man?
1: Nah, I'm I'm cool, man. I'm just you know I'm a hardworking black man just trying to survive out here, man. I'm I'm, I'm good. Though.
0: Hey, ladies, man. Jamal needs a meal. So go ahead and uh, shoot your shot in the DM.
1: I like steak.
0: I like like steak. I like bourbon. (laughs) And trap music. Okay. I don't know about that. Look, Look, guys. Look, 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 man. The Hornets miraculously finished that road trip. The terrible Western Conference road trip. Three three and three. We called it. We We called called it. it. We
1: called it. Everybody called it. Everybody called it. Yeah.
0: And we, we had a thrilling win versus Sacramento. Last Sunday night, and then we had a a, a, a schedule loss to Portland of the, the following night, and then we blew out Minnesota right before the All Star break. So, guys, what are your feelings on this team going into the the to the All Star break?
2: Um, I think the Hornets are they, they realize they are on the cusp of being a good team. I think hey,
1: Kaza, how long we've we been saying that
2: man <laughs> I know right It seems like forever But but you know the Hornets you know, I think all the, all the teams in the NBA you know, They know whether they're a good team or a bad team And it, yeah. the Hornets for the last few seasons Never really knew They knew they had the potential to be good We saw flashes of it at the beginning of the season But I think now As it's starting to, come, it's starting to all come together I think the Hornets are kind of like Wait a second We got a chance here to, to for one do something that's never been done in the Hornets franchise history, win the division, possibly be a playoff team, and be considered a good team. Yeah, um, and I, I think some of the the statements I heard from the players and Coach Borrego prior to the break leads me to believe that. First of all, none of the Hornets participated in any All Star activities, even the ones they were invited to. Lamella Ball uh, turned down the Skills Challenge. Miles Bridges turned down the dunk contest. I think they realized the rest and focus is important during Mm -hmm. this break, getting healthy. I don't think they, you know, they're like, that's not important. The all-star stuff, that's not important. We we got a job to do. We got games to win. Um, And especially when you do something like go on a very tough West Coast road trip and come out 500, there are elite teams in the NBA that don't go 500 Western Conference road trips um, because it's it's just that tough and to, to, to pull out the first of all that Sacramento win and I know Sacramento is not uh, a good team, but they're not that much worse than the Hornets, honestly, and um, but to get that win the way that they did shows guts. One thing I'll say about this Hornets team, and I don't think we ever got this from any Steve Clifford team. I like Steve Clifford a lot as a coach. But Regos guys, they never give up. They never right, right, give right. up. I don't care if it's if the Hornets are down. I mean, I have I have a confession to make about the Sacramento game. I turned it off with 49 seconds left because I I said there's no way there there's no way the Hornets can win this game. Flagrant foul on a the the ball. They're down eight points. Sacramento mm-hmm. is uh two shots and possession with a minute, six seconds left. It, imp- that's impossible, right? That's it's impossible. Possible. And then the next thing I know, I go on the group to see uh, what these, what they complaining about now. And Cass is like, Malik Mark. I'm like, yo, hold up. Guys. So I got to get back <laughs> on the internet <laughs> and watch the final minute and six seconds of, of the, the game, which was just, you know, they, they just never gave up. A lot of teams would have given up in that situation. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of a good team. You find ways to get those to get those wins and you execute.
1: It is it is funny you are mentioning the dynamic of what a good team is and what a bad team is. Because what do bad teams do, guys? Bad teams find their way to do what? Lose games. What did the Sacramento Kings do? They found a way Man, to lose the game. I, I
2: was
0: like, I've never seen that way found in my life.
2: Well, I was going to say, I, 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 had, I, I felt sorry for Sacramento because I remember a game against the Miami Heat <laughs> a few years ago,
0: ooh,
1: ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, now, <laughs> Kaza, Kaza, hold that thought because you kind of you're kind of stealing my point a little bit. So what what I was actually going to say was maybe uh, two to three seasons ago, we were that team. Yes, we were. We were at, team yeah. That was finding ways to lose games. We were the ones turning, making crazy turnovers and missing free throws. And go ahead, Ronnie.
0: I got a funny story about that game. So this is back when I had season tickets. We were at that game, and we were like, "Oh man, we got this wrapped up," and so we were leaving. Walking we're F- out, F- walk, and people were getting loud, <laughs> and I hear, oh, oh, "Oh!" By the time I got on the, down the escalator, the Hornets have a heartbreak. I'm like, "What the?" And <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just I, I, look. Don't, don't, even, don't remind me of that anymore, Jamal. But you go ahead. Man. <laughs> No, but what i but, what I'm
1: getting at is that it it points to the growth of becoming a good team because we're finding ways to win games now. We're finding ways to gut out wins now. Um, During that Sacramento Kings game, man, I I was growing so frustrated because Eric Collins kept mentioning the fact that, you know, the Sacramento Kings, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, but we're the ones allowing 58% shooting the whole game. It didn't look like we were interested in defending anyone or anything the entire game. Uh, We were making Harrison Barnes look like LeBron James. Buddy Hill was out there breaking three-point records against us, man. It was... It was frustrating up until, like, the last two minutes of that. I was mad until two minutes left mm-hmm. in that game, man. And even at that point, I remember Eric Collins was going back and forth with, with uh, Dale Curry saying, you know what, Dale, you think I, you think you take out the stars at this point? And Dale yeah. Curry's like, eh, I don't know, you know, man. You know, you got to play to the end. And I don't know. <laughs> game tomorrow.
2: And, you <laughs> know, that's a bad matchup for the Hornets. Uh, they shoot the three really well. Mm -hmm. They can play small, which the Hornets uh,
1: like to do. And specifically, De'Aaron Fox is a really bad matchup for a rookie like LaMelo Ball because I'm not coming down on LaMelo Ball. So, LaMelo ball fans, please get out your feelings for a second. But, you know, LaMelo has has a rookie struggle I mean, when it comes yeah. to guards who can get in the lane. That defense tends to break down when you have a guard like De'Aaron Fox. So, when De'Aaron Fox is consistently getting in the lane, it left wide-open three-pointers for guys yeah. like Buddy Hill and Harrison Barnes. So, we struggled with that the entire game, man, and, and, it, and it showed itself. But, once hey. again, you we're know, we good it did. out.
2: PJ Washington, that game. Oh my gosh! I take yeah, back every did. bad thing I said about him uh, previous to the season. Fair, I mean, fans yeah. are overly harsh on PJ, yeah, yeah, uh, because he's being forced into a role that is is alien to him. And names yeah. like the Sacramento game where he steps up forty two points. Yeah, uh, I mean, we we don't win that game if okay, he
1: doesn't. We needed every one of those forty two. Absolutely did. You know, yeah.
2: And if
0: you look at PJ, man. He's not really having a bad season. He's shooting almost forty percent from three, and like Kaiser said, he's been forced to play the five. He's only an inch taller than Miles Bridges. Right. That that is that is a difficult task. I I don't care if 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 the NBA goes small, he still has to go up against people that are bigger than him.
1: But so, but, so we but have but you, you know, you know, man. Fans don't like context. You know, everything that is stated as context is are 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 things that are, are used as excuses to some people. But for context, I mean, look at the season, man. Like you know, he came into the season a little out of shape, man. Uh, yeah. You know, the the, the the coronavirus has already affected this season as it is. There's no training camp coming into the season, um, and like you guys mentioned, he's playing out of position most of the season man and all that stuff matters man and 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 I think what we may be seeing going into the second half of the season Hopefully, we'll see a PJ Washington who's getting more into basketball shape, who can get even more consistent. And that's not to say, again, and that's not to say this guy's had a terrible year. I just think he didn't meet a lot of people's expectations, and, and I think people were just a little too quick to jump the gun on PJ Washington. Man, they would just start Miles Bridges. PJ's terrible. It's like let's calm down a bit, man. Let let him. He, he's he, he'll get back to the guy we want him to be eventually.
0: It, it, what's what's impressed me about him is he's averaging basically a block and a half a game
1: yeah I'm, right I'm,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just
0: leave it there and yeah. gonna, yeah.
2: and I, so, now, I i still don't like him at the five no i don't I mean, either Same. i would I, I would rather the hornets kind of shore that situation up and then hey, you that that i'm
1: gonna save my comment too
2: also last thing about that game hey, that's probably the first walk off and one I've ever seen in the 35 years I've watched basketball. Um, man, Malibang, that's yeah. A great shot by Monk. Monk showed up. Malik Monk's been phenomenal in, in the last month or so. So props to him. Um, and the Hornets don't have this recent string of success without him, but to have the guts and the basketball IQ. Yeah. To drive the lane and create contact okay. to make the shot, uh that's a big step up in Malik in Malik Monk's game. Once upon a time, he would have maybe just pulled up for three or taken a bad shot, but very, very smart of him to drive the lane, get the foul, shoot free throw and win the game.
1: What did I say last week about Malik Monk, guys? I said uh, a part of his success this season was taking better shots and he puts pressure on the defense when he goes to the basket. What are we seeing more from Malik Monk this season? We're seeing more of him going to the basket, and it is paying off big time. And it got us a win. Yep. In it, fact, so I, 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 he,
2: he didn't hit a three, no. if I remember correctly. He right. Did, I think he was, like he was over
1: six over, he, he was for over seven or something like that. Right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But look, and look, look how he goes over seven. And still affected this game. Right. Stuff like that wouldn't have happened in the past with Malik Bump. He goes 0 for 7 in the past. He'll soak, he'll pout, and he'll ultimately be sitting on the bench, but not this season, man. That's another sign of growth.
2: That's the difference in uh coaching. So guys, Tell I, how that works.
0: I I I I just want an overview from you guys. So I, I want some midseason grades. Look, particularly, I I just want you to grade the starting five. The bench, coaching in the front office, and just kind of tell me briefly, briefly, Jamal. Tell me the reasoning of of of, of 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 the grade that you chose. So so look, how would you guys grade coaching?
1: I am actually going to give Borrego a B, a solid B. Um, and I'll, and I'll be brief, Rodney. Uh, I give him a solid B, man, because you know with any type of roster turnover um it's always gonna and and with uh, well let me back up gordon haywood and Lamelo ball you know those are two new pieces that he's had to manage with the with the guys that he's already had and i think he's done a great job of doing that. so that's my brief answer
2: um i agree b i think is is what you give borrego this is the first year in which this is his team, his roster composition. Malik Monk is the only remnant of the old coaching staff. And if you look at Malik Monk under the old coaching staff and the difference in Monk under the new coaching staff, it's clear that Borrego was able to get more out of Malik Monk's talents than Steve Clifford was. Um, My only criticism of Borrego is that uh, he's actually Backed off a little bit on trying out different things. He's kind of fallen this season into this stubbornness thing, which was not something Borrego did in his first two seasons. He was always like, okay, this, that rotation didn't work. Let's try something different. He's not. He doesn't do that as much this year. I also feel like he could have found a way to start Lamelo Ball sooner. I think that. Uh, I mean, the, the Hornets have developed Lamelo and brought him along just fine, but I, I feel like events echoed this. Uh, I think they could have found a way to.
1: I, I, I will. I will briefly push back on one thing, and I and and just slightly with Lamelo Ball. You know, I I agree. Maybe he should have started earlier, but I will challenge you and say I think that Borrego's coaching. I think Lamelo Ball has received Borrego's coaching very well. I think those times when he sat Lamelo Ball, I think Lamelo actually responded a lot to that man. Responded, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: Gotcha. And actually saw something uh, on uh, on on online today. It was uh, with Chris Broussard. It was uh, two videos, and he actually praised the coaching staff for actually kind of making Lamelo earn it. And Mm -hmm. he 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 was saying that it's actually propelling his performance and making him more accountable and he's giving Steve uh, – not Steve Clifford. Oh, Jesus, no. uh <laughs> Regal credit.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: So, guys, the starting lineup, what do you guys think of the starters? Um, I, I'm going to say this. If Jamal wants to write an article, <clears throat> he can if he wants to, just kind of give people grades. I mean, hey, I mean. Um,
1: I will go with a – I'll go with a B-minus. Um you know, and I, I I hate to be the broken record and talk about what everybody else is talking about, but it's obvious that uh, uh, upgrade at center would be nice. Um, I I, I want to be clear. I am not in any way, shape, or form a Cody Zeller basher. I, I actually like what Cody Zeller brings to this team. But he he he, may not, he just doesn't provide enough of what we need, uh, which is just an interior defender. I think a really good, legit space eater and interior defender would help this team dramatically defensively. And that's and again, that's just not a slight on Cody. I just think he's more suited coming off the bench, and 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 a, and a slight upgrade is needed. And that's that's really it, man. And you know, it's it's been pretty stable other than Devontae and Lamelo kind of switching out. Uh, starting spots man but overall i think everyone's kind of overachieved man so i say uh, b minus
2: yeah i think b minus maybe a c plus for this we'll we'll take the the current starting lineup um the only thing is that um you know we still need to address the center position also i don't like when borrego you know it's clear lamella ball can't ever go back to the bench Never I go agree, right. I agree, can't so, do it right. So the thing I, I remember when Devontae Graham came back, I remember there was a starting lineup that had LaMelo yes. here and Graham. That's not gonna work, you can't. No. You cannot do that. Uh, now luckily based on comments that Graham made recently, I think Devontae is fine with the backup point guard role. Um, also consistency is the bane of this Hornets team and i understand not you know if one starter is having an off night then you got to rely on your other guys you know if gordon hayward's having an off night then rosier needs to step up vice versa lamello but sometimes i don't see enough consistency from the starters and then we have to have malik monk and miles bridges bail everyone out um i don't like that i, I they, they gotta shore that up
0: yeah so What do you think about the the the, the actual bench players? I'm talking Miles, uh, the the Martin twins, Malik. Uh, I'm gonna even throw Future Graham in there. Future Graham and Bianbo. So, so what do you guys think about that? Oh, and you got uh, Jalen McDaniels.
1: I'm actually very high on thirteen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like I, I'm actually very high on our bench, and I actually think our bench has won us a few games, especially on this road trip, man. I, I actually think the bench kind of won us the Phoenix game, man. And on top of that, I am very excited about the possibility of Devontae Graham coming off the bench with the unit that's already in yeah. place, man. I, look, man, maybe it's homerism. Maybe I'm, ex- maybe I'm a little too excited. I'm actually going to give our bench an A, especially when Devontae Graham comes back and he's healthy, man. I I am so ex- listen, man. With Malik Monk's ascension, with Miles Bridges having a really good season, uh, Devontae Graham possibly playing with 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 that group, I, I'm I'm excited. I am, dude. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think this is the most depth the Hornets have had since Jeremy Lin, yeah. backing up Kimball Walker, um, and that was a pretty decent team. You know, that was a playoff team. That should have beat the Heat in the first round. But anyway, um, you know, no, and,
1: don't 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 make me depressed,
2: oh, man. Oh man, <laughs> but Negative uh, I, I I won't quite give them an A, and I'll tell you why. Sometimes
1: Biombo is, is that is that what <laughs> well,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes though is exactly what we need. It it, it's, it's, it's 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 just I, weird with him. Um, but it's that I don't think that enough players know what their role is. If Jalen McDaniels shoots a damn three, four seconds into the shot clock one more time, one more time, dude, that's what you got. So it's like, I don't want to see Cody Martin pulling ISOs, trying to cross dudes up and go to, I don't want to see that. Don't I agree do that. with
1: that. Man.
2: <laughs> they gotta, it, but, but I, I, Borrego is very, he, he's like – he encourages players to be that way. Yeah.
1: Kaza, but you, you know what, Kaza? Think, think about it this way. You know, the last couple of games, like Terry Rozier has kind of been in there with the bench. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Terry Rozier is – let's just say for, for, for lack of a better term, he's not the most traditional point guard, if you know what I mean. No. I think with Devontae Graham playing with that group, I think some of that stupid stuff kind of I fills agree. up. You know yeah, what I'm saying?
2: I <laughs> hey, I get it. Those guys, they got to get theirs. If you're Jalen McDaniels, you know. You're, you know, you, you try gotta, to prove yourself. You got to prove yourself. I get it. But, hey, dog, it's like. man, no no gotta, yeah. it. <laughs> Hey, cut, <laughs> cut it out, dude. Yeah, so when he get the ball, he's not passing that thing. He's not passing. He's not guys, passing.
0: Okay, finally, look. How would you grade Mitch and company in the front office?
2: Oh, that's an A. a. I, I'll, I'll argue that point on anyone. If you look at what we went through with Cho mm. and what we have with Mitch, I, I mean, night and day difference. I understand a lot of those things weren't Cho's fault. If Anthony Davis falls to us in 2000, oh, totally yeah, we're having a different conversation now, He's still but, being now. but, uh, Mitch first of all to pick 12 and 13th and then get miles bridges. And I, under, and I understand before everyone comes at me that we traded away. Yes. uh it. Gilders- Alexander, but we got, we got miles bridges and Devonte Graham. A lot of people forget about that Devonte Graham part. We ended up with another second round pick and essentially we got two <laughs> solid players for one good player. And I, I think that bodes well for what the Hornets were trying to do. We didn't. I'll be honest. We didn't need Shea Gilgis Alexander at the time. We had Kimba Walker at the time. And if we get him, we don't get Lamelo Ball. And I don't care what anyone says. I'll take Lamelo Ball, Ball, Shea Gilgis Alexander any day. The potential for the superstar potential is through the roof. Um, So I mean, if to in in the course of two to three seasons, you get. Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Devontae Graham, and Lamella Ball. I mean, come on, that's a haul, dude. That is yeah. a haul, and uh, I, I don't think anyone can can unfairly criticize Mitch Kupchak. Now, the, the question is: Is this Michael Jordan's doing? <laughs>
0: Save that. Save that. Save it. Save look, it. man.
2: Look,
0: look, look. If you're gonna you're gonna criticize Michael Jordan for all the wrong moves. You, you gotta
1: give him credit for this,
0: man. Yeah, yeah. For nah, good I gotta
1: say it. Listen, so during the course of this offseason, we got the best free agent available. We we got rid of Nick Batum's contract, most of it, and we got the best rookie out of the out of the rookie class, perceivably. How do you not give them an A? And and to add context to this, man, you know, with those moments that I that I've defended Michael Jordan's ownership. You know, one of the things I've said in the past is that I you know, I, I I never knew whether him and Cho and Clifford or whether it was him and Bickerstaff were ever on the same page. Yeah. It feels more and more like Mike and Mitch are on the same page. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're 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 thinking alike. <clears throat> and and here here's here's why I, I feel that way. You know, with these these reports have come out and say, you know, hey, Mike has given uh, Mitch is blessing to do this or to do that, and the last—I don't know—two or three moves like that—they've worked out very well for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. So, yeah. how do you not give this? Uh, how do you not give this team? Uh, I'm sorry. How do you not give management an a for this offseason, man? And you know, <clears throat> going forward, man, you know, we've always argued uh, rebuild versus retool and all this stuff. I just say, man. Just keep it simple and just get better. However, you see fit. There's, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there there's no one way to do that. And I think Mitch and Mike are proving that. You know what I mean? You don't have to tank to get better. Uh, you, you know, you don't have to do it one way, man. And I and I I like the way they operate business these days. I really do.
2: Also, not resigning Kemba and getting Terry's looking like a genius a right. Listen, I foresight. love
0: it. Forecasting I, foresight. Now. I want to
1: brag on myself a little bit because I'm light skinned and I like doing this. I want to brag on myself a little bit. I was listening to a former under construction show, a very early show that we did. And what I said, Kimba Walker was leaving. I said, what's going to happen is Mitch is going to sell his vision to Kimba Walker. Either it works out or it doesn't. Mitch is going to tell Kimba, look, if we keep you. We're not going to get that much better, and that's just, that was the reality. Yeah. If we don't keep you, we're going to have an opportunity to get better. We're seeing what's happening now. That's all yeah. I'm going to say.
0: Gotcha. So, guys, guys, what are your expectations for the second half of the season? Uh, we reportedly have one of the easier schedules left in the league. God. And 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 also, uh, the trade deadline is coming up soon. Do you anticipate any moves? Any, like, big-time moves or cursory moves? Like, what, what, what do you guys anticipate?
2: You guys will go first. Um, let me say this. There is nobody, even LaMelo Ball, on the team that isn't expendable for the right price.
1: Uh, they trade. They trade Lamelo Ball. That stadium. Right.
2: The next day. I, 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 right. With, with, within the realm of reason, if the Lakers said, "Hey, we'll trade these Lamelo Ball for LeBron James," straight up, you make that deal, right? You make that deal. You make that deal. You make that deal. You want <laughs> a championship, right? Oh, That's man. what I'm saying. Within the realm of reason, um, but you know, for guys like. Guys that I love, like Terry, Miles, uh, Devontae, for the right deal, those guys can be traded. However, people have to realize there's a difference in that that good players don't necessarily mean a good team. Think about all the things the Hornets, the adversity the Hornets had to go through from the end of last season to this season to become a good team with good chemistry. So you bring in a better Player for for Terry Rozier or whatever. That doesn't mean the Hornets are going to be a better team. Look at the Washington Wizards. You try to tell me the Washington Wizards don't have a better roster than the Hornets, right? They have what Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill, and they probably won't make the playoffs.
0: I got better pushback. Um, I think Washington has better top end, top heavy. Yes, well,
1: heavy, but they have more
2: there, so. yeah. True. Or or take a look at the the uh, the Houston Rockets. Same thing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Top-heavy yep. talent, um, they'll they'll probably miss the playoffs as well. So I do, I actually don't think the Hornets are going to. They're going to put the feelers out to see. We already know that there's been talks about possibly getting Vucevic from Orlando. They're going to put the feelers out to see what's out there. But I don't think they're going to be too too aggressive um, with the trade. I don't think they're going to. Yeah. They don't want to mess up this chemistry if they can if they can. Um, Trade, you know, somebody like one of the Martin twins or Jalen McDaniels and some picks to, to short that center position. That's what they'll do. I actually expect the Hornets to be right there in the division lead. And, you know, from from the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference all the way down to the 10th, there's there's literally like two or three games difference. Separating, yeah. Yeah. I, I expect the Hornets to be right there. I, th- I think they'll make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, where it, it, it's it's, uh, I mean, there's there's just too much. Uh, it, it's too close.
1: Yeah, it can literally be anywhere from four to ten, man.
2: You yeah, exactly. I mean? yeah, yeah. So, um, but I, but I expect them to to uh, continue the path that, that we've seen them on before the all-star break. It, it, it's it's clear they're a better team than they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And The Hornets are at that point where they are winning the games we expect them to win, losing the games we expect them to lose, and sometimes winning the games we expect them to lose. And that That, I think, will make them a playoff team
1: all right man 37 games left in 67 days now you look at that and you're like holy cow man like that's a lot of condensed games in a short amount of time however i will say that in the beginning of the season you know with this very young group i think they did pretty well uh facing the same situation in the first half of the season um also as far as any moves to be made i kind of agree with Kaza, man. I i i don't think Mitch Kupchak is gonna do anything unless it really moves the needle. You know what I mean. I, and I, I don't, I don't think he's gonna necessarily dangle first round picks uh, just to just just for a, a slight talent upgrade. Um, it now you know the uh, uh, interesting player in all this is Cody Zeller because he does yeah. have an aspiring contract on the deal, which I think that may be attractive to some other teams. Uh, you know, we'll we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, but, it just, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Hornets, just, if if they hold Pat at the trade deadline and, and and don't do anything. I think more so what may happen is what has happened in seasons past. Uh, like Kyle said, you put the fillers out there, but ultimately nothing happens. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens this year. And let me be clear, I'll be totally fine with that. I really would. Yeah. Um, not, not saying that, you know, these two rookies in the G League are going to just – change the entire fortune of the franchise if they're called up but we still gotta mm-hmm. we we can still see what we get out of Nick Richards if if if, if and when that time comes um you know to see if he soars up the descending position we'll see and again I'm not putting all my hope and faith in Nick Richards like a lot of people are um <laughs> no shade <laughs> but <That's> um <laughs> but you know as far as the as far as the schedule is concerned man thank god it's softening up man we you know at this point, you know, with our record being what it is, it is pretty impressive uh, looking at the teams we've faced so far. Yeah. We've, we've been through the gauntlet, man. You know what I mean? So it, the the worst of that at least is over. Um, I, I expect the Hornets to have a 20 and 17 record for the second half of the season. And I think if that happens, that should sure up a playoff spot.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So look, final question before we move on. Tickets are on sale.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, I, I Maul, you know, uh, you wanna go. I, look, you're thinking about it hard. Look, look, activate those antibodies.
2: <laughs> I need to know, uh, what the social distancing is going to be like. I need to see, look at a few games and see how far apart Cass is sitting mm-hmm.
0: and all that. um, I, I look i'm I'm really considering i, I look I, yeah. I, I i just want to support the team in, in season play i mean right, right. rodney
1: i think i'm I think I feel exactly like you because like with the panthers this past season, there was no way I was gonna go because it just felt forced and yeah. coronavirus ring it's it's very ugly head but now that I've, but now that I've had coronavirus and I was uh, cooped up in the house for a couple of weeks man, and it's driving me crazy it's like now it's like huh. Let me just see how everything looks. Just like Kazza said, let me just see how everything looks, man. I may be in there, dude, because I'm, I'm I'm, going stir-crazy being in the house. I miss my guys. You know, me and Rodney, we we were there all the time in past seasons, man. I just miss being there. I miss the environment, man. But I also still want to take this pandemic very seriously as well. So I, I'm a little I, torn. I'll tell you
2: this. I cannot wait until – like I think about this all the time. I cannot wait until – a full capacity Hornets game.
1: It's gonna be amazing the first
2: time Lamelo throws an alley oop to Miles Bridges. They might have to shut the shit down. You know how they <laughs> shut down games at the Rucker because some crazy shit happened. They might have to do that at a hey, Hornets game. Cat hey, running on the hey, court. A hey,
1: hey, big big pack gonna come out of that half court. Be like, it's over. It's
2: over. Hornets down by twenty. It's a <laughs> <laughs> Hornets getting blown out. the alley oop, it's over. Hey
0: guys, look, we're gonna gonna have to move on, man. So, um, let's talk to Panthers, man. It's not a lot going on in the offseason. So, Thursday, Greg Olsen, Thomas Davis, numbers retired. How do you guys feel? Well, not numbers retired, but but they're signing the retirement papers one day contract with the Panthers. So, how do you guys feel? About this, are are you guys happy that that this is happening and kind of fences are being mended, and hopefully in the future we can get Cam to sign a one day contract? How do you guys feel?
1: Um, expected, um, expected, and it it just feels right that there's no other way, especially with Thomas Davis. Like man, Thomas Davis has been such a great ambassador for the Panthers for so long, man. Um, nobody's gonna remember his tenure with the charges and the redskins, man. Thomas Davis is a panther. I, I, I think I don't, I don't, you know, I don't speak for the guy, I don't know him personally, man, but I'm almost 100% sure he'd say the same thing, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it just, it just feels right, man. And, and like you said, man, hopefully. It, it signifies a change in the franchise and, and, and not having any beef with the, with the old regime. Um, I'm, I'm still holding out hope that number 89 will mend his fences at some point. Maybe he has already actually, man, but, um, it just, it just feels right, man. And Greg Olson as well, man, I, I not to take anything away from him as well, a uh, Greg Olson and Thomas Davis, who, who's, who's done so much for the Charlotte community off the field as well. I don't want, I don't want people to, uh, forget that either, man, not just their production on the field and what they gave us, man, but those two guys have been entrenched in the Charlotte community their whole time here. It just feels right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. When you think about the the legacy of the Carolina Panthers and the best players and the best ambassadors, those two guys are going to rise to the top of the list. I mean, uh, Thomas Davis, Walter Payton, Man of the Year winner, Greg Olson, multiple wealth-based man-of-the-year nominee. And I'll say this about the old Panthers regime. Um, they were very good to the players. Yeah. If you notice, nobody almost
1: – to, Almost to a fault. So yep.
2: Yeah. Nobody ever has – even though we found out that Jerry Richardson was a sleaze, nobody in the organization has come out to say anything bad about Jerry Richardson – or anyone associated with him. Even Cam Newton, which is surprising to me, considering what we know Jerry Richardson told him. But everyone was kind of like, hey, those guys were good to me. Thomas Davis, three torn uh, ACLs on the same knee. Any other franchise would have cut ties with him. But the Panthers knew the talent was there. And, you know, obviously – they made the right move in keeping him on, um, you know. And the uh, thing with Greg Olson, you know, I, I, I still can't believe that we ended up with Greg Olson for nothing. Well, pretty that much, first, first, right, first, huh? yeah. That might be the greatest trade in Panthers history, right there. We ended up. Wait, 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 wait. Deshaun hasn't been traded for yet. You can yeah. Go, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but until that happens, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, to, to get Greg Olson, I remember when we got him. I was like, "Who the hell is Greg Olson?" And boy, that mean. First uh, tight end in NFL history, three consecutive thousand-yard seasons. He had this incredible rapport with Cam Newton, plus he did a lot for the community, plus we know that his struggles as a father uh, with his children, his uh, son going through multiple heart surgeries and the Panthers being there for that. I am very, very glad to see those guys retire as Panthers. Now I can buy their jerseys and put them on my wall behind me somewhere. And um, like I said, hopefully we can do that with Steve Smith, but – Smitty's a whole different. Yeah, that's so, 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 guys, I, I got one question for you.
0: Is Greg Hol- is Greg Olson a Hall of Famer? Explain why not. Why why
1: not? Um, I think he is. I don't know if he's first ballot. Um, I, I think the competition is a little tough. And, and I know, I know, I know, Kize, I know what you're gonna say before you even say it, man. The Hall of Fame stuff is just kind of. It, it, it's just weird. I don't know how else to put it, man. It's just weird, and it needs an overhaul, man. Like if, if it's me, just just off the top of my head, you know, not doing any research, I think Olson deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I don't think he will be. I, I think maybe by the second or third time, you'll see Greg Olson in the Hall of Fame.
0: Uh,
2: and, and look, and Greg Olson,
1: and I'm saying that, and even that may be tough. Uh, let me let me make that clear. But go ahead, Kaza.
2: If Greg Olson was a Dallas Cowboy, or New York Giant, we wouldn't even be talking about this. It would be expected that when his name came up on the ballot, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. But because he's a Carolina Panther, he's going to get shafted. Like Jamal said, the Hall of Fame selection criteria is just really weird. It's all these unwritten rules about how many players can go, how many in each position. That's why we have a log jam and wide receiver. Steve Smith should be a first ballot guy, but he won't be. Mm. Um, He might be a fifth or sixth ballot guy, which is insulting to someone that has had the career that sees top 10 in every major statistical wide receiving category. And he's a Hall of Famer. It's like, what?
1: That alone should get you in there right there. Exactly.
2: So, uh, so the same with Greg Olson, he should be a Hall of Famer, whether or not he is. um, And plus the, you know, the media votes on the Hall of Fame. Um, that's that's what's going to be the uh, the challenge to Greg Olson getting a jacket is how does the media look upon him? I think if they win that Super Bowl in 2016, he's definitely in. Yeah, definitely in. Uh, them losing that, and, you know, and Greg Olson was never the same after that season. You know, the the rest of his career, last three or four years, were injury plagued, very forgettable. In Seattle, um, that might hurt him some with the media. But I, I will say this about Greg Olson: I don't think he gets enough respect in comparison to his peers. When everyone talked about the best tight ends in football, and I remember, I remember this: Ron Rivera, uh, Rob Gronkowski had a big season, right? Mm-hmm. He put up like twelve hundred yards. And Ron Rivera made the statement, well, our guy can do that too. It's just that we're not as dependent on him as Tom Brady is on Rob Gronkowski. And boy, people were like, Ron Rivera does not know what he's talking about. What, what, like, but what part of that is a lie? That's nothing, my question. Exactly. Nothing he said was untrue. And it was after that, that uh greg olsen had the three consecutive thousand yard seasons he said hey our guy can put up a thousand yards as well yeah. it's just that the patriots rely more heavily because uh, we, we saw steve smith at the time they still they rely more heavily on gronkowski than we do greg Olson and people were up in arms about that and i felt like that three-year stretch there wasn't a better tight end in football there was not 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 jimmy grant Ooh. Rob Gronkowski was barely on the field during that time. You gotta, I mean, you gotta be able to play the game, right?
1: There so, was definitely no one more consistent during that time than Greg Olson was. Yeah,
2: I, I feel like he, he just doesn't. He he doesn't get the respect that a guy like Jimmy Graham, who was a great tight end, but where is he now? His, right. I mean, um, I, I I feel kind of bad for Olson like that. Like someone in the comments still said that he's part of the media now, and I think he'll do a great job. As a media personality, and maybe that will help when it comes.
0: To- well, look, I know one thing for certain: he will be better than Jason Witten. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, look, I, guys, I, I, I honestly think that there is going to be a backlog. You're going to have Antonio Gates, Bronk, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, and, and all those other, and Jason Witten as well. And I've, I, I hate to say it. I can see Gray being a Drew Pearson type guy. And people from the, the media always fighting for him to get in when he should be in. And like Kaiser like brought up, he, he is penalized for where he played. If he put up this type of production in Chicago or Green Bay or uh, the Jets or the Giants or, 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 or one of those markets, he would it would be a no-brainer. But, I mean, it's, 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 it's penalized for being a, a Panther. Yeah. Pretty simple.
1: In the famous words of an old coach, it is what it is. It is what it is.
0: It is, yeah. So, guys, uh, the Panthers are reportedly going to franchise tag Taylor Moten. Is this a good move?
1: I don't know if it's a good or a bad move. It's a necessary move. I will say that. Um, the, I, I think you, you got to look at this, man. Think about our offensive line without Taylor Moten this year. We don't want to imagine what the offensive line would look like without him. And the free agent market, uh, uh, the free agent market this summer is very thin when it comes to offensive line help. So, with that being said, it was necessary. Um, you know, I, I, I think, there, you know, obviously the franchise tag, it is what it is, it, it overpays certain talent, but at least it buys you some time next season to negotiate a fair contract, whatever that may be and whatever both sides agree to. But again, man, just necessary. Um, not to get off subject, but I did see something this uh, this weekend that intrigued me. Uh, Trey Turner looks like he's going to be cut. Now, what if you can franchise tag um, uh, Taylor Moulton and get Trey Turner on the cheap? Now... I
0: mean, did, I, a question. A question. Did we burn that bridge? Maybe. I
2: don't that I a crazy. job. That, that's he the, burn, Yeah. He's gonna and, have to swim across.
1: But I say all this to say, man, is, is that getting offensive line help without without resigning Taylor Moulton in some degree was gonna be extremely hard this offseason, man. So I it's, it's it's it was a necessary move.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. You got to make that move. Uh, typically you don't want to sign offensive linemen to long-term contracts until you have to because, yeah. or else you end up with situations like Trey Turner. Um, linemen in the NFL have extremely short careers. Uh, I know that, and, and I know that this, this kind of benefits teams more than the players do. However, um a guy getting paid ten million dollars a year for one year, I'm not going. I'm not going to cry for him. So this is the the best situation for the Panthers and for Taylor Moten. If he produces and have a good has a good year, then you pay the guy. Um, yep. If he has a downward year or experiences a lot of injury, then that gives the Panthers more options moving into next season. Um, so I, I don't think they want a repeat of the trade turn situation, which was a holdover from the Herney area. Era, if I remember correctly, I think Gettleman. Yeah, left. That was, uh, Gettleman.
0: That was yeah, Gettleman. That was Gettleman. Gettleman. That was Gettleman. Well, I yeah. thought
2: that, that was Gettleman's guy, but Herney extended him. If I, uh, some, made, someone, of me right. comments, me right. yeah, yeah, someone in the comments correct me on that. But uh, I just think, don't think the Panthers, especially with Tepper bringing these new people in, particularly to handle cap situations, uh, I don't think they want to end up with another trade turn situation. So they franchise yeah. Moten, keeps the off. The little bit of uh consistency that we have on the offensive line intact, and it gives us the mogul room for next season.
1: Listen, because I think we all can agree, man. We need as much offensive line help as we can get, man. So I, I don't know. I would actually
2: love for them to bring Trey Turner back. It's, yeah. it's, not like, it's not like he was garbage, he just wasn't he, was, he wasn't
1: worth what he was being paid. Exactly. Anthony. Yeah, he wasn't so, just, but I, I think he's worth I think he's
0: worth the second chance. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, guys, I look i'm going off the rails right here i have a i have a crazy question you guys may look at me crazy or whatever but does does duke and north carolina still matter and the grand streamer thing does does it still matter
1: listen duke and carolina is always going to matter did, did it matter this year no why, did, why didn't it matter here? Because Duke sucked. Duke I could not wait to say that. But anywho, man, I, I think, you know, Duke and Carolina has, has, has kind of fell off a bit this season for obvious reasons. Uh, let, let's start with the most obvious. Coronavirus, man. Coronavirus. That, that, <laughs> l- listen, man. I, I, I've always said this. The Duke Carolina game, I actually enjoyed a lot more when they played at Cameron Indoor Stadium, only because that environment is 2nd There's nothing like Cameron Indoor Stadium when they're playing North Carolina. You get what I'm saying? So we've witnessed Duke Carolina games with a limited crowd versus and and, and no crowd. It's not the same, and not just because Duke sucks. It's just the the circumstances around uh, college basketball, um coupled with the fact that both teams at that time were were on the bubble, you know what i mean? They they're not the the cream of the crop uh in college basketball this season. I think all of that just kind of contributed to the fact that it just it just lost its luster this season. But going forward, man, it'll be back.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm, I am gonna push back. I mean, last year, I mean, I a lot of people really didn't care for it either, man. Um those Carolina guys, they they don't they don't they don't like watching the team when they suck. Like last year, they suck. I mean, but listen, Rodney, <laughs> I, put, I
1: put a poll out. I said, look, who are you going for? Who who, who you got this weekend? Duke, Carolina, or we don't care. We don't. Care. The highest percentage was we don't care. Guess who that came from? Duke fans. Duke. <laughs> so I'm not gonna sit here and say it about Tar Heels fans when Duke fans are acting the same way, man. I'm not, not gonna do it.
2: So. Duke and North Carolina have been beefing for a hundred years. Literally, their first meeting was in basketball meeting was in 1920. Wow. This rivalry would never not matter. You cannot beef for a hundred years and then suddenly be like, eh. Yeah, we'll I I can't think of any other major college rivalries in which the two schools are this close, eight miles apart. And there is a if you've ever been to Chapel Hill Durham area there is a stark difference between that in that eight mile stretch, you know, don't get me wrong. UNC and Duke are both uh, highly privileged schools. So there's not that much difference in the, the students that go to one another, but there's enough difference to where, um, to where that matters. Um, But I think this speaks to the larger point about how college sports are being viewed, particularly basketball, mainly because there's been this push recently, and I'm 100% behind this, for athletes to skip college basketball and go directly to a pro league. LaMelo ball is going to cause a lot of high schoolers to consider Skipping college and going to play in an overseas pro league.
1: I think we're speaking to a bigger issue now. Absolutely, yeah, no, yeah.
2: absolutely. And and as a as a result, college basketball is not. I don't think it's now. Granted, there's been the coronavirus and and but I, I I just don't think that it holds the same passion for people uh, as as it used to. Football is different because players don't have any other option but to play yeah. college football in order to make it to the, the NFL. Basketball is a little. Is a little different. The one and done uh, phenomenon, I think, has kind of killed college basketball. of college basketball. It, it absolutely has. And 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 then there's talk of a of a league that will pay players up to 100k between the ages of 16 and 18. Shout out to Levar Ball. Yeah, an idea Levar Ball had uh, in order to you know to play basketball. If I mean, if you're a highly touted high school prospect, why would you go? play college basketball. Why would you allow Duke or North Carolina for that matter, to profit off of your visage, sell jerseys with your name on it, make all of this money You know, while you you get nothing. You're just there so you can make the leap to the NBA. If you don't have to do that, if you can make a hundred K and do that, then I believe that you should. And I, I think the fact that North Carolina Duke has lost some of this luster gets is- is because of this bigger.
1: This it's bigger it's a big result of
2: college basketball. Right. Yeah, but now, to, with with all the, to answer the question, yes, it still matters.
1: With all that being it's said, people in
2: North Carolina, <laughs>
1: and that's all that matters, honestly. Now, with all that being said, the next time both of these teams are ranked in the top ten, you let me know if it still matters or not. It'll absolutely matter. So, yeah.
0: All righty, guys, you you put back on my question disrespecting me in my house? No, I no. another question for you. By the way, real quick,
2: the, the first meeting between North Carolina and Duke was January 24, of 1920. North Carolina won 36 to 25. <laughs> wow. Mm. <laughs> Leaving the old things behind.
1: Right.
0: So, <laughs> Coming to America 2 came out. And I, I, look, I want to get your opinions on this because I'm looking at social media <laughs> And I've seen all kinds of crazy reviews. And what did you guys think of the, the movie? Like, me personally, it was a little jokey at first. But I, I, I kind of liked it overall. I did like it. So what do you guys think?
1: Um, First things first, you know, I, I, I tempered my expectations for, for this reason and for this reason alone. Coming, the original Coming to America is arguably, like, The best comedic black movie ever made, arguably. We can argue about that all day long, whatever. But how there's nowhere to go when you're coming from the top. You get what I'm saying? Like that, like coming to America is at least, at the very least, from a comedic acting standpoint, is perfection. Eddie Murphy was in his bag, like the young kids say, in Coming to America. He was prime Eddie Murphy in Coming to America. You get what I'm saying? Now you fast forward 30 years later, you get what I'm saying, you have a very tempered Eddie Murray, Eddie Murphy, who may not be as inspired to be quote unquote the Eddie Murphy he was 30 years ago. Now, here's why I'm saying this. You look at the cast of Coming to America 2, it was less about Eddie Murphy yes. and more about the supporting cast. Yeah. Yeah, that was already gonna be a detriment. That's that was that's a given that was already going to leave a mark on, on this movie because you have less and less of the funniest guy in the cast. Now I'm going to steal Kaiser's point because he's going to say the same thing when he goes up next. Um, give me the name of the guy. Cause I don't even remember the name the Fowler. <laughs> Fowler. God bless the man. I just think he was miscast for this role. I, I did not like the casting for the for the prince in this role. I can't come up with a better name for you right now but the whole time I was thinking like man there's somebody better that could have been the prince in this movie Me? now eh, maybe whatever um, <laughs> <laughs> Now now back to the movie man now I, was it was it like knee slapping funny throughout the whole movie? no I, it wasn't that Did I laugh a few times? Absolutely. Were there scenes that kind of felt forced on us sometime? Yeah, there there, there was, man. But I think the the, the overall storyline, the visuals, uh, I like the modern twist they kind of put on on, yeah. on It made it an enjoyable movie. So do I do I think it was trash like a lot of people call it? Absolutely not, man. Do I think it was a decent family movie? That's important to note. Family movie, I absolutely do.
2: Kaza, 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 Casa. So I need black people to stop being movie snobs.
0: Especially when you
2: support Tyler Perry so Thank damn you. much. Oh Thank Lord. You, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a movie snob. I'm I'm not an elitist, but you know, black people, we love some of the worst movies <laughs> ever. And then, so when this movie comes out, it, it's like people were people were waiting on the opportunity to hate on this movie because we all knew it could not live up to the first movie. Yeah, for there's us. no way. There, there's it, it would have been impossible. And and the thing is, is they knew that when they were making the movie. In fact, they allude to it in the movie. In, in the scene, there's there's, yeah, there's a they scene made jokes talking about, about how this movie. Is essentially just a crap cash grab sequel yeah. for nostalgia's sake, and and so that I went into it with that same like, hey, just make me remember why I thought why I liked the first movie when I was a kid, and and that's what they did. That they you know they all the flashbacks were on point. They rehashed these old jokes that were you know that are still funny, thirty years later, and I, I want to make a, a real quick point about. About Eddie Murphy uh, a lot of people feel like because the original coming to America was R-rated and this movie was PG-13 and a lot of people feel like you know Eddie Murphy is r R-rated guy even though his more popular movies have been more family-oriented PG-13 fair but that's a, another discussion but I'll say this movie would have been R-rated if it came out in, 1999, in 1989 yeah the jokes were raunchy there are a lot of sex jokes they hey, threw, Mor- Morgan Freeman scene was hilarious, actually. Yes.
1: That, that, that actually uh, was a scene, man. They
2: threw a dick joke in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like we weren't gonna go notice. Uh, they right. threw, like, kind of a rapey or, like, a rapey joke in there. Yeah. man? Let's okay, yeah, we'll right. go. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, just because they didn't drop oh, ever, the headphones every funny. two minutes, you know, doesn't mean that the... Uh, the movie was like less adult. Like now, it's still a movie you can watch with the kids. It's, I mean, it's a PG thirteen movie, but it just goes to show the di- the difference thirty years makes. Yeah. Um, but the casting, the costume design, the music—where you get and Pepper from? Right. Yeah. Spoiler alert, everyone. Gladys glad uh, Knight. Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight involved. I when forgot I like, the
1: Gladys Knight scene was pretty good too, man. I, I, I actually like that scene as well, man.
0: Yeah, that funny, was a funny thing. Like when I saw Louis Anderson, I was like, oh crap, he's alive still. I, was
2: like, yeah. I thought, hey, they, uh, Apparently he, he really didn't want to be in the movie. Uh, I read an article somewhere where they kind of like coerced him, uh, to reprise his role. Uh, in in the movie, but I like the movie a lot. Didn't like it as much as the first one. No, nobody's gonna like it as much as the first one. But it made me laugh. Um, I watch it again.
1: I got I got I got a question for y'all. Let me know if I'm just completely off base when I say this. I I really want you guys' opinion on this, man. I was talking with someone last night, and I I was I I'm a I'm a Eddie Murphy fanboy. I mean, I he's my favorite. Love him to death, all that good stuff, man. And I was and I was telling my friend, like, if you look at Eddie Murphy's last roles, particularly in um, Dolomite and Dream mm-hmm. Girls, those roles were very different than things he's done in the past. You wow. know what I mean? And you look at those two roles. He killed those last two roles, yeah. at least in my humble opinion. He did. I think with coming to America people have to understand that Eddie Murphy is an artist. Comedians are artists. Mm-hmm. And artists sometimes are inspired by doing different things. If you're kind of doing the same thing you've done before, it's not going you, you, you maybe you're not going to be as inspired to do it as you were 30 years ago. I kind of felt that with Eddie Murphy for coming to America too. He's probably at the point in his career is like, "Ah, this is a rehash, man. I'm not I don't get up to do rehashes anymore. Does
2: that make sense? Yeah. uh, One thing Eddie Murphy's always done is he puts his friends on and they just have a good time. Harlem Lights, a movie which is actually terrible, but black people love it. And I actually, I love it too because it's Eddie Murphy.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Because Harlem Lights is Eddie Murphy and his friends playing cops and robbers and having a good time. And I think that's what Coming to America, the sequel was. Hey, man, you know, I'm, he's like, I'm not the same comedian that I was 30 years ago. Let's just dress up and have a good time and celebrate what made that first movie great. Absolutely. A, a
0: couple of things, man. Lisa McDowell is still fine. Yes,
1: still, absolutely. Still is still beautiful. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I actually like, uh, what's the the girl who sat in that live?
2: Uh, Leslie Jones, man, she, yeah, stole show. she was good. She was, she was good at this.
1: Uh, I, I, I was, I, I've never been a Leslie Jones fan, but she surprised me, man. I, yeah, she, she,
0: she played her character well. I am not a uh, Tracy Morgan friend, but I was able to tolerate him for the film.
1: <laughs> I agree, I agree,
0: and um. It it it, it 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 was it was just like a refreshing moment to hear James Earl, James Earl Jones's voice, uh, just to to uh, have them use Rick Ross's house for the for the movie and like man Wesley Snipes man like I actually
1: thought Wesley Snipes was
0: really funny in this movie man, was like, funny, King, man. I was surprised at yeah yeah how funny he was yeah and so man like. I, I, I really enjoyed the film, man. I, I, I really didn't come come out expecting like a dramatic cinema piece. I mean, if you look at the first coming to America, it was it was a comedy, man. Like the girl, the twins rapping about the men with a fillet breast and, 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 and the roaches and, 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 and the barbershop scene. I'm like, how how you didn't expect joke scene? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what people expected, and quite frankly, I don't care. Stop yeah, people are telling there's a bad movie. You like worse.
1: I, <laughs> I There's a Facebook post I saw today that I'm about to steal, and I couldn't agree with it more. I have never cared less about people's opinions on a movie like I like I have coming to America too, man. Seriously, I, I don't yeah, care. I, about I
2: when I saw that they released it a day early, I told the family, "All right, that's what we're doing." That's we, it. Yep, it, we, that's what we're doing tonight. We watching watching it, and uh, we enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a. It was. Worthy movie, so nope. like someone said, it's the next Friday to Friday. Yeah, next Friday is a good movie, not any not as good as uh, the original. I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, Got no you. doubt. Gotcha. So look, guys, look, we're gonna do some shout outs man. Look, I want first of all, I want to give a shout out to y'all. It's our second anniversary on the tenth, and I just kind of made something real quick. Second anniversary shirt.
1: Look at that, nice. And so, <laughs> when, when did we get ours?
0: Uh at, we we that in? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, Um I I I got a shot at man. I got two. Um Greg McDermott for the uh plantation comment. You, yeah. You it, it's 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 not the time or place or environment to be making those comments. How how do you not know
2: yet? How are you that tone deaf in 20? Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, 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 look, I, I heard that he volunteered to step down after he realized what he said, his players wanting him to coach still. Uh, I actually commend him for that piece. But you, it, it's 2021. If you ain't been paying attention to 2020, 2019, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, you got to wake up, brother. Um, it's, it's, it's so ingrained in the people that they don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah. Um, I got a shot at the NBA, man. You really chose to have an all-star game in the middle of a pandemic. Now, one of your all-star starters. Two. No, no, Ben Simmons not starting. Okay. Back oh. up. Uh, Joel, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, they're, they're out the game because – they unknowingly went to a barber who found out later on he had COVID. As as we as we learned this past couple of, this this past year, you can have COVID and not show symptoms, or you can have COVID and not show symptoms yet. And so it's it the NBA man do better, man. Atlanta's a total mess. That's yeah,
1: it. Atlanta's a mess. Um I'm gonna steal one of your shout outs. Uh shout out to us, man. Two years in a, a in a, in I guess an industry that is very, very hard for black men to break into, man. But um, you know, like I say all the time, man. Uh Jay Anderson, absolutely. Boy, did you see that today? Man, Lord Come on. Don't get out Come
0: on. <laughs> all right.
1: I am back, man. Um, shout out to okay. Cody. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> um you know just the, the the people who check us out every week the people who listen to us who like share stuff man y'all keep us going like i say all the time man uh shout out to us man I, every, every sunday man it's something i look forward to doing man I, I you know man we have a passion for this city we have a passion for these teams and we just like to show that every week man um shout at to duke fans um look man don't don't go into hiding because y'all suck man the don't don't be those people uh, when i tell you yesterday facebook looked like a damn desert like there was tumbleweed was my timeline from duke fans y'all should be ashamed of yourself this, this, this is why people stay on y'all because when y'all win oh lord have mercy man it's a damn parade every time y'all win man but when y'all lose it, it, you can't find it, it all, all of y'all, all of y'all are like on the FBI's most wanted. We can't find you, man. So shout at to Duke fans. Um, shout at I'm still another one, Rodney, to the NBA. Um, not only did you choose to have an All Star game, but you chose to have in one of the worst places you could possibly have it. I, I, I some of the pictures I'm seeing from Atlanta this weekend online. Mm, I. I, tell I you. It it makes my blood pressure spike, man. I I don't understand how people are still this reckless and this careless, man. Um, What's the saying that the old people say, man, a a hard head makes a soft ass? Uh, I I guess that's the way it's going to be, man. So those are my shout outs this week.
2: Um, I want to shout out to the 90s being back. I mean, the Hornets are popular. The Knicks are the scene. uh, the coming, there's the coming to America oh is the hottest movie. And, I mean, it's like did we back in the time? Uh, machine or something, and So, shout out uh, to the 90s being back. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, are we gonna get a Jodeci album next week, man? I mean, hey,
0: <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> doing a <Jodeci> right now. <laughs>
2: uh, but and then last I want to shout out this is a shout out we do every week, and maybe we should just kind of make a tradition to shout out. The fans in our chat every week. It, I, I love when I start seeing those comments pour in while we're talking, helping to drive our conversation, challenging us, uh, you know, on some of the things that we say. Um, there has been a great addition to under construction over, uh, you know, the past year. Um, and we're going to find a way because eventually we're all going to get back in the studio. Yeah, bye. But the show will be bigger and better at that point and we will still find a way to keep you guys engaged with us um you know as as, as, as we do it when we're all back together then so uh thank you guys we couldn't have done this for two years with without you guys being a content creator in, a, in itself is very very difficult because you don't really see the fruits of your labor in fact you spend more time money and resources that you never get back you know doing this uh so when you get that fan interaction then that make then then you get motivated to continue doing it yeah so um uh, so we need that motivation from you guys thank you very much uh we appreciate you
0: look, look man I, I'm uh, look I, I I can't leave on two shot acts uh so uh I, <laughs> I got a shout out for people man look we're about to get a stimulus check some of y'all fortunate people about to get a tax refund. And you're about to get a vaccine within the next month? Don't it's lose all damn money. minds. Look, look, ain't no crab legs in the ocean, brother. Uh, <laughs> hey,
2: there's no CIAA this year, so Zappy, we might have some money for the summer.
0: Hey, man, hey. <laughs> it's I'm not going to be a bunch
2: of rented car cars with rented cars on tri
0: <laughs> But, <be laughs> man, also, man, look, I'm 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 into this now. Shout out to NBA Top Shot. I, I I'm officially a nerd. I bought my first pack this weekend and I will buy another pack and I will be selling cards. So, so if you want a card, look, I'm trying to get a Lamilla card. I'm
2: trying and, to and look,
0: and look. And this is this comes
1: after a week after I called Kaza a nerd. So I, I might have to take uh, that. I
2: don't even do top shot.
0: Look, a pack drops at five today, and I'm in it to win it. I'm jump in the line. I'm ready. Look, I'm trying to get that resale value. There you go. Call me a nerd if you want to. But man, look, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for your continued support. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this: we might do something in the middle of the week. It depends on how our schedules aligned. Just just something fun. But uh, thank you guys That's so much, good. and uh, have a wonderful weekend.
2: Peace yep. out, y'all.
0: You guys take care.